Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster. What is up, Bible Stormers? We are back, and today we have another bonus episode for you guys, and I'm so excited for the reason why we have a bonus episode, midweek bonus episode, first time ever for this podcast. So excited why. I'll tell you why in just a minute, but before I do that, I just want to ask you guys to do me a quick favor. On whatever platform you're listening on, if you've listened to the Bible Storming Podcast, if you're enjoying the content that we're putting out for you guys, please hit that subscribe button, hit the the five stars if if that's how you feel about it. If you don't feel five stars about it, please don't rate it. No, no, give us a, a rating, give us a review. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about us. We're just trying to get the word out about what we're doing here on the Scattered Abroad Network and specifically for us, the Bible Storming Podcast, and and just trying to get the word out to, to everybody. So if you haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell your friends about us now for what you came here for. We're addressing two questions this in this episode that you guys submitted after the the last two episodes that were released, the part one and part two about the love of God. Now, I, I absolutely love that we're getting these questions now coming in from the, from the community of Bible Stormers. I'm hoping that we can keep that going because I really want us to, to become a community where we can discuss with each other almost in, in kind of a safe place, just talk about the Bible, talk about spirituality, talk about Christianity, talk about theology, just talk about all kinds of different things that we are, are struggling with in our minds, or maybe that we're just wondering about or want to know more about. And it seems like this, this thought of the love of God has awoken some questions in your mind. So, without further ado... Let's let's dive into these questions. Just hopefully a quick episode. I really have no idea how long this is going to be, but hopefully a quick episode where we just talk for a few minutes about the questions that you guys have submitted to, to me, asked me personally, and I thought that that it would benefit the the wider audience to hear these questions and to discuss them for just a minute because they really are just profound, beautiful questions. So the first one is: Does God not phileo love? those who do not believe in Jesus Christ and who are not following his commandments. From what I gathered, he, he agape loves everyone, but does he only phileo love slash like only those who are in the kingdom? Now, I love this question for several reasons, one of which is because I can tell that that the listener who who asked this question was really paying attention to the what, what the Bible taught us in, in the last couple of episodes, because you can tell they really grasped the concept of phileo love versus agape love. Remember, we talked about phileo love is, is a kind of friendship love. It's, it's a love of liking. It's, it's a love that you feel because of how the object of love makes you feel. The object of love makes you feel good. You have things in common with it, and so you love it. You, you like it, we would really say. In, in a lot of the ways that we use the, the word like and, and a lot of the ways that we use the word love today, phileo would fall under the category of like. We, we like this thing. We, in some ways, we love this thing because it, 
it, we, we feel something in common with it. It makes us feel good. It's, it's a love of friendship. And, and in the, the first part of that question, you really heard the shades of John 16, 27, where Jesus told the disciples that the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. So the question is, does God only phileo love? The, the, the word translated love in that passage is phileo. So the question is, does God only phileo love those who love Jesus and, and believe in him and obey him? Does God only phileo love those people? Or does he phileo love everybody on earth? My answer, and I would love to hear your, your feedback on this, but in my study, the, the answer that I've come to is that I don't think so. And I think we can talk about this question on at least two levels. First, biblically, we, we can talk about this question biblically. Uh, I searched and, and searched the, the uses of phileo in the New Testament, and I don't think there are any instances of the Bible saying that he does love those who aren't obeying him with that phileo love. So biblically, I don't think we have any, any grounds for saying that. But then also, I think we can talk about this theologically. In other words, we can talk about this from the perspective of how do I think about God? What, what is God like? What is his nature? What are his characteristics? I think it would be contrary to his character to phileo love non-believers. So James 4 in verse 4 says that, that someone who, who wants to be friends with the world, we, we might say someone who phileo loves the world. Remember that phileo is the word that we would use to describe the, the feelings of friendship, or they use to describe the feelings of friendship. So someone who, who phileos the world makes themselves the enemy of God. Think about that for just a second. If we phileo love the world, if we want to have things in common with the world, if we want to to have warm feelings toward the world, we make ourselves the enemy of God. Now, in doing so, in feeling that way about the world, we we make ourselves contrary to his nature. That's that's why the Bible says that, that we make ourselves the enemies of God, because we are contrary to everything that he stands for. And the nature of phileo is a love that arises because you have things in common with the object loved. It makes you feel good, things like that. But if we are contrary to the nature of God, then how could God feel that phileo love for us? So I think biblically and theologically, we're safe to say that if we are not living the lives that God has called us to, God does not phileo love us. He, he does not, we might say, like us. He doesn't take pleasure in us. And what a scary, scary thought that is. But on, on the other hand, just a quick note, John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So the way that we, we keep ourselves in that phileo love of God is by obeying what God tells us to do. It's really quite simple. If we don't want God to dislike us, then we have to obey him. It's very simple. Love that question. Love this next question. Does God unconditionally love us in any sense? In, in the wider realm of Christendom, you hear a lot of, of talk about the unconditional love of God. But is God's love really unconditional? Remember that we talked about in, in the, the last episode, how, at least in some ways, the agape love of God is conditional. Now, we got this from several texts, and I'll give you 
several here that even some we didn't reference in that in that episode. If you want to go look them up, they're they're John 14, 21 and 23, John 15, 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, 1 Timothy 1, 14, and 2 Timothy 1, 13. All right, so if you missed any of those, just rewind, get them back. But really, all we need to prove this point for, for our purposes is Jude 1, verse 20, where Jude tells us, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, implicit in that, implied by that, is that we can live in such a way that we do not keep ourselves in the agape love of God. So, is there any sense in which the love of God is unconditional? Does God agape love us no matter what, in any sense? Now, the the easy route would be to point to John 3.16, where God so agaped the world. So, he, he agaped everybody. But and, and we might say that that includes the people who were contrary to his nature. So, in some sense, he agaped everybody, but that doesn't really answer our question, because, first of all, that's in the past, right? It's pointing to a specific event where God gave his son as an act of love that would allow us to keep ourselves in that agape love. So, that's not really evidence that if we have obeyed the gospel, if we become Christians, and then we go back into the world, that God still agape loves us. Because think about the book of Hebrews, where it, it, it talks about how for those of us who come into, the, come into Christ and then intentionally leave Christ, there is no sacrifice that remains for our sins. There is some kind of incredibly horrible state that we can put ourselves into when we come into Christ and then when we leave Christ. I think about 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 and following, where, where Peter says that it would be better for us to, to never know Christ than to come to know him and then to leave him. So John 3.16 really isn't conclusive about whether or not God loves us after we have left him. Now, Romans 5.8 is, is maybe another step in the, in the right direction. Paul says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mark Guy Pierce was a, a Methodist preacher who lived over 100 years ago, and he used to tell a story about the time that he overheard one of his children telling the other child, you must be good or father won't love you. Now, Mark Guy Pierce called his son to him and he said, son, that, that isn't really true. So then the boy asked, but you won't love us if we are bad, will you? He said, yes, I will love you whether you are good or bad, but there will be a difference in my love. When you are good, I will love you with a love that makes me glad. And when you are not good, I will love you with a love that hurts me. Now, obviously, that is not evidence for either position. But I think the thought is pushing us in the right direction. Mark Guy Pierce told his son that he would love him no matter what, but if he acted good, then he would love him with a love that made him glad. But if he did not act good, then he would love him with love that hurt him. I think that is, is pushing us in the right direction to answering this question. Now, back at Romans 5.8, notice that the word shows is in the present tense and died is in the past tense. So, we talked about how John 3.16 points us to this one act of love. So that's what Romans 5.8, the word died, points us to. It's a, it's a single act. It's a single point in history in the past. 
But the word chose is present tense. In other words, he is actively showing this love. So does that answer our question? Does God still show his love for us actively today, right now, through that sacrifice, through the sacrifice of which John 3.16 speaks? Does that mean that God loves everybody unconditionally? I think that that still doesn't quite answer our question, because think about the, the people to whom Paul is writing. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, he shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, implied by that is that the recipients of this letter, as well as the author of this letter, were not living as sinners at that time. So that doesn't really answer our question of whether God unconditionally loves everyone. But, so I'm not sure if we can prove biblically that God loves us no matter what. But philosophically, I think we can. 1 John 4 verse 8, Anyone who does not agape does not know God, because God is agape. So, like we said, if you had to pick one word to describe God, it would be the word love. It would be the word agape. Agape is God. God is agape. Everything about agape that we know is something that we know about God. So, what is agape at its core? Well, remember we talked about how this love is a sacrificial love. It's a love that wants what's best for the object of love. It's not like a, it's not like phileo. It, it doesn't arise because the object of love makes you feel good or 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 has things in common with you. It's almost an emotionless type of love. It's a love that arises because of how precious the object of love inherently is to you, just just because of who or what it is. You love it. You want what's best for it. Now, if the Bible says that God loves us that, or that God is agape, that means that no matter what, inherent in the nature of God is the desire to want what is best for everyone and everything. So I guess this is turning out to be biblical proof, but it comes with a philosophical tint, I suppose, where we're saying that, yes, God is is love. God is agape. So therefore, we can deduce from that that he must love everyone, everywhere, no matter what. Now, with this, I would put out a caution, almost like Paul in in Romans chapter 6. He's been like hyping up the grace of God. He's been saying all these amazing things about grace, but, but then he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he says, certainly not. In other words, that's not the point of God's grace. The point of God's grace isn't to allow us to sin just so he can forgive us. That, that goes against everything that God's grace is about. And we might say the same thing here. The point of God's loving us unconditionally is not to allow us to live however we want to live. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's to motivate us to live in a way that God wants us to live. There was a Christian man who I read about, and he was, he was seriously ill. He was dying. And in this man's heart, he felt almost no love for God, maybe because of his illness, and at least in some ways, but regardless, he felt almost no love for God, and, and that bothered him. So he mentioned his, his inner struggle to a friend, and this is how his friend answered him. He said, When I go home from here, I expect to take my baby on my knees, look into her sweet eyes, and listen to her charming prattle, 
and and tired as I am, her presence will rest me, for I love the child with unutterable tenderness. If you can't tell, these people lived a while ago, but hopefully you can get the message. He says, but she loves me little. If my heart were breaking, it would disturb her sleep. It, it would not disturb her sleep. If my body were, were racked with pain, it would not interrupt her play. If I were dead, she would forget me in a few days. Besides this, she had never brought me a penny, but was a constant expense for me. I am not rich, but there is not enough money in the world to buy my baby. How is it? Does she love me or, or do I love her? Do I withhold my love until I know she loves me? Am I waiting for her to do something worthy of my love before extending it? Now, think about what he's saying. He's saying that it's just because of how precious the object of love inherently is to him that he loves it or that he loves her. That is agape. That is the essence of agape. It wasn't because of anything that the object of love had done for him. It wasn't, his baby hadn't done anything to earn his love but he still loved her. Now, this, this, this real-life practical illustration of the love of God caused tears to, to roll down the sick man's face, and, and through his tears, he said this, Oh, I see. It is not my love to God, but God's love for me that I should be thinking of. And I do love him now as I have never loved him before. I would suggest that, that with these questions, with these thoughts, we're heading the right direction with our theology, with our spirituality, with our thinking about the Bible, and with our thinking about God. The most important thing with this whole discussion is that we come to understand, come to grasp, come to appreciate as much as we possibly can the love of God. Because what that does for us, John tells us in 1 John 4.19, we love, we agape. Because he first agaped us. The basis of God's agape for us changes everything in our lives. Or does it? It should. It can. It's up to us. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Bible Storming Podcast. I hope this has been a blessing to your life. I know this was kind of a, a deeper dive, but hopefully it's been a blessing and, and helping you think through God. Think through understanding him and thinking through understanding his word. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.